You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, so I just had the. Um, I was fiddling, put, plugging USB into my computer earlier for the microphone, and I had the. Plug it in one way, doesn't fit. Plug it in the other way, doesn't fit. Plug it in the way I originally tried, fits perfectly. It's usually three times. Every, always three times. Yes, it's, it's the most bizarre, mysterious thing. Yep. Um, always three times, and it's literally gone on since USB was uh, originated. Um, and I got a HP touchpad, which I've not mentioned fully yet, but I will in this week's uh, A Scully stuff. But they made the genius uh, development. No, wait, this is highly technical. Highly so technical. be sure that when you describe it, you do it very clearly and succinctly so everyone can picture in their mind It's what the you're genius about. development of, it's a standard USB card, but on the top, which would be the when top. you plug it into the, you want this part at the top, they put a little silver circle. <laughs> and on the bottom, there is nothing. So you always know which way it's supposed to go in. It's amazing. Who who would have ever thought of such a genius thing? It's yeah, I've never seen it on anything ever apart from this. I'm sure there are lots of people who have already done this kind of thing and always marked the top of their USB cords and I said yeah, there's nothing my grandma when I was a little kid would put on all of her radios in her house, take fingernail polish and mark the spot right on the front of the radio, right across all the numbers, right where she wants the dial to be, because of course grandchildren would come, change it. She also marked with fingernail polish, right where she wanted the volume to be, and any other knob on she even had a really nice one of those console stereos with the crappy wood plastic in the inside where all the controls are. There's little touches of fingernail polish and stuff wherever the things were like the radio station stuff were supposed to be. So I guess So I'm sure everybody out there our own hands who deals with USB on a daily basis, which is most people nowadays because even people, the thumb drive it's people like, have thumb drives. Yeah. So it really is as simple as just marking put it in the right way, what firstly, and then mark the top of it and then you will never have the problem again. I'm not saying I have actually tried to plug that in the the circles on top. I know it goes that way, but I still can't get it in, right? There's nothing to stop that. That's just you can't get it in the slot properly. Can't get it in the hole. But it's as simple as just marking the top. Put so when are we going to have a USB cord that doesn't have a one way or the other? They, I don't get it. They discussed that in the past, and they said that that was coming for USB 3. Yet USB 3 is pretty much the same um, socket as USB 2. So they didn't fix it. Why? I do not know. I mean, how many people mention it? I've seen it all over the place that people have the problem. So all they need to do is have it keyed so it only goes one way, which I assume it, well, that's actually what it is yeah, now. Yeah, like what about like round, like the end, make it round instead, like um, you know, the back of a speaker, the back of speakers stuff. All those are just a round metal thing. You just poke it. Trouble in is, they itself. can't change the shape of it because it has to be backwards compatible all the time. True. So it has to be the same, but it doesn't stop them from making it obvious which way it goes in though. Or make it so it goes in both ways. Yeah, have, exactly. have a double socket like. Anyway, USB talk. That's the end of USB <laughs> talk. So it's Sunday, September the 18th, 2011. This is after the show number 190. We're on a round number. Um, only We're going to stop now that we hit a, a landmark number like 190? No. So uh, the movie we're looking at this week is X-Men First Class. We're looking at the Blu-ray edition. This is a 2011 movie released on Blu-ray. 
on the 9th of September 2011. This is a PG-13. The tagline to this movie is Witness the Beginning, which is a very apt tagline. Uh, not very clever, but apt. Uh, it's from our friends at Fox, and you're going to give us the synopsis of this fine movie. Witness the beginning of the X-Men. <laughs> Correct. There you go. It is that's the origin story of, how, of the X-Men. I don't know how true it is to the comics, so what you're learning, what I see from the movie is you learn the beginnings of... You know, Professor X and Magneto and Mystique and who else was in there that we're familiar with, that I'm familiar with only from movies. I've read none of the other stuff. So that's what it is, really. How they came together and then kind of got torn apart. And Yeah, it's more um, comic. It's more comic-y than the other movies actually were. I mean, they went more for the comic story than the... Is it? Yeah, I was reading about it earlier. The uh, the other three X Men movies or four X Men movies that exist are a movie. A more uh, a movie telling of it. Well, I'm just gonna say before we get stowing, started anymore, and you know, hold the, your hands over your children's ears if they're listening. But this was fucking awesome. It was. I truly love this movie. Actually, this is this is interesting, right? I think this is the best X Men movie by far, and I haven't seen the Wolverine one. The first X-Men movie is okay. Um, I personally, I didn't like the first one at all. I, I really liked the second one. I hated the third one. And I've not seen Wolverine. This is by far, for me, the best Absolutely. of the whole one. Um, not just because it's an origin story. I just think it's better. I just think by design, it's better. Everything I think it's about one of the best action movies of this I was also gonna century. <laughs> I was also going to say, it's my favorite superhero movie is Watchmen. And this is a very close second. Mm. Right. Because... Um, I think Watchmen's phenomenal, still do. It's my favourite still. But this is... Um, I, I was not expecting it. And we did see the trailer a couple of weeks ago to this. And the trailer doesn't... Do it justice. Do it justice, no. Because no, no. no, I saw the trailer and thought, oh, cool. Because it's the, mostly the trailer's just them two sat talking in a room and it shows you some action. And the Cuba crisis yeah. thing. It not much stuff. Which is good, because it didn't ruin it for me. But... It didn't sell it enough. I wanted... I mean, well, the movie see, itself is actually... You're asking for them to, what, toad a very fine line of telling me... I don't know. Not too much, but telling you me can off, You can do a trailer clever without showing anything, actually. There are trailers that just have a black screen and some text that get me excited. So, however they did this... Whatever they did to this trailer, it didn't sell me... Because I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to see X-Men First Class. I was just like, oh, there's another X-Men movie. It's far from that. It's... The best X Men movie. I mean, everything about it. The actors are. I think the actors are better than the people in the X Men movies. I agree. Um, they picked. Per- I think they picked everybody perfect. I don't think there's anybody bad in it. I think, and I think they all seem. Was Anna Paquin rogue? Yes. Because oh, you don't like her. Maybe that's one of the reasons you didn't like it. No, there was several things. Halle Berry. Yeah. There were several things in the others that I didn't like. You know. I really um, didn't like Halle Berry in any of them. It was pathetic. No. You know. But this... It's a per... And the story... You know. This is set during the Cold War. So it's like... You know. It's a bit... It's part, part James Bond. Sure. Part Austin Powers even. Part that era. You know. Um, crazy... And... Uh, asshole Nazis as well. Yes. Because that don't, digs into the origin. They don't... Um, Welch on that. They don't say, oh, they're not Nazis, they're something else. They actually go for the real. Um, Which is cool, because in Captain America, they 
called them Hydras instead of Nazis or something, even though oh, it was really? plain, plainly obvious they were Nazis. I tried to, you know. Yeah. But this one, you know, and one of the amazing things, and it, it sold me on the movie from the beginning, is the the British actors in this case, American and British actors in this movie, who are playing, one of them, for instance, is playing a German. His Germans, the scenes where he's in Germany, he speaks German with subtitles. Fantastic. I don't want that. Kevin Bacon as well. He speaks like three yeah, different he languages. Does, he does, yeah. It's awesome. Um, lots of that. Kevin Bacon makes an awesome bad guy, by the way. I think, personally. Yeah, he does. Lots of that. Um, not like I've complained before about Valkyrie, the movie, where Tom Cruise speaks like a couple of lines in German and then you forget that he's German and he isn't like an American accent for the rest of the thing. Which is just weird. Um, I, but nobody wants to see Tom Cruise speak German the entire picture, I don't think. Because if you can't do it very yeah. well. These guys, you don't... Not I don't, that you and I would know the difference. No, but I don't hesitate <laughs> for a second to believe he's speaking German. Absolutely. He's got the accent, the whole thing. I mean, it's good. Um, so it's only from the beginning, like, uh, and you know, these actors. And there was X-Men in here I wasn't aware of. Oh, yeah. Because no. I'm not the co- a comic book fan. I don't... I, I mean, I've read X-Men comics in the past. This movie makes me want to read those comics from the very beginning like right. to see the original 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 and what's fantastic the actually, drawings is you oh, yeah. get 10 x-men comics those are new though no they're origin ones right new though not original 1950s, not new 1950s, 1950s and 60s comics right uh, essential issues it says so right, well i like to see the very first ones i mean that makes me want to see the beginning i think number one must be on anyway concept. you get digital comics in the box um, which is cool because I'm assuming they're trying to sell you on. Um, well, we should have looked at them before we started. Issues. We'll look at them later. <laughs> so um, I, I can't fault it. It's fantastic. It's. Um, I didn't want it to be over. I didn't want to take a pee break. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to anything. I when you did say you had to go pee, I was like, okay, well, we, you're going to go pee, so I better go pee. And the thing flashes up with the timeline across the bottom, and all I could think was, oh, please don't be almost over. And it was only half over, and I was like, yeah, it wasn't even half over. I know, I'm, I'm so saying, excited. This, this is actually it, it's um, two. I was mentioning this to you this week about people not making long movies anymore because. What, are we an ADD nation? Like, 90 minutes is enough for us. Um, I totally disagree with that. I like three-hour long films, four-hour films if I can get them, but it's very few and far between. But this is uh, two hours and ten minutes, which is longer than the average superhero movie. You know, they usually... And it's just right, except I would go... I would take more if they had it to offer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... Uh, I Actually, that's why I know it is a good movie, because the end... The very end scene... I know it's the end scene. I mean, you always do, don't you? You know that the credits are about you to roll. You feel it, yeah. But I wasn't ready for it. Exactly. I, I would have took an half an hour or more because there was stuff to tell me, more stuff to tell me, you know, it ends interestingly. Um, I liked... This uh, This has a distinct, um, like what I was talking about last week, like a three-part... It's a three-part movie, like a, a, a rise and a middle and an end. Um, I liked all three of them. Especially this, this, the middle part where it's oh yeah, literally like showing you the powers and <laughs> the training sequences are fun. The whole thing's fun. Who, right? who figured out the storytelling um, yeah. vibe? Why is that, that we fun? All, and we all, you all, we all flow with it. Is it just out of habit, or did someone through the ages trickle along and find? Oh yeah, this is how when you tell a story, 
that it builds suspense and it builds tension and you feel and it, you're getting connected to the characters in the beginning and then you're feeling this sort of like you're 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 on the ride with them and then you're feeling like oh now I have to let them deal with the conflict and get the all that stuff and it's not conscious you're not thinking it in the front of your mind but I'm sure if you go back to all stories that are told and that's just how we that's the is that how life is I guess you've got the beginning you know, your your origin story. Yeah. Then you got your middle, middle aging, and then you got your death. So I guess that's I'm how ass- life is. I'm assuming Stan Lee writes in that way as well, comically. Well, he does, because I have read Stan Lee comics. Um, and Stan Lee is responsible for the X-Men. He wasn't in this. He was, was he? not, but he hasn't been in um, a few Marvel ones recently. I, I, I get, you know, he's probably... He could just be standing on the ship, though, or something. He, he could have been in there, you and know? you might not have seen him. That's true. But usually anywhere. they make a, you know... Or it could have been... There's a photograph of him on the wall that in the is office. That's true. Or it could have been somewhere, yeah. yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have seen it, would you? I mean, there's a. L- you know, another thing about this movie luscious sets. Absolutely. Like, the one that particularly impressed me is like the Pentagon office. Thing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing looking. And I was like, they don't even use it much. It's, mm. it's brief whenever they use it. And it's so elaborate looking. In fact, at first I was like, is it a CG set? Me too, I thought that too. Because it looks kind of, but it couldn't have been. Because there were people everywhere. Yeah, it, I thought every everything like the the strip club the and Russian the, the library room thing. behind where Kevin Bacon's thing was. In the beginning, his office. All of it. That Russian just... palace where the Soviet, where they were talking in the... Yeah, big, yeah. Yeah, like a big palace. I mean, I was like, well, that's probably CG as well, but I don't know. Like, I couldn't differentiate so that's good you know shows you that i'm not saying throw big money at every movie but when people take the time and the effort and yeah you're gonna have to pay people to do stuff right just whether it's cgi or real people finding shelves full of books and all that but it it pays off to me when you're when you're i guess you can't fix a bad movie that way but if you've already got a good movie going on and then the set it just it folds me in. Like, I'm actually sucked into it more just because... And this goes everywhere like a Bond movie. You feel like you're on this, like... Yeah, yeah. ...international... Epic. ...journey, and it's everywhere. It's all over the place. You're in England, you're in France, you're in... It goes everywhere. In the Germany. ocean, you're into the ocean. Yeah, um, I didn't... The third act, which I don't like to spoil things, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to, but the third act uh, involves, you know, some superhero antics... I didn't expect exactly what that was, and what it was was really cool. I've not seen that location before. Absolutely. It felt unique, you know, it was all brightly lit, it wasn't hiding in the shadows. It was, yeah, yeah. You know, you saw everything, like, um, you get to see the X-Men original suits from the comics, the yellow suits, they they even went that down that path, you know, to make it look authentic, whereas the new X-Men was more based on the newer comics with the leather and the... I feel like the cool director guy, just from the one extra we were watching with him and Rebecca Stamos, or whatever her name is, last name is, no disrespect intended, I know she's divorced, but I feel like he's... He wants to honor... He loves it, right? It seemed like he loves it and he wants to really pay homage... Not just pay homage, but like make that world real. And I feel like that makes a huge difference. It's not somebody come along and go, well... We can make it fresh and make it new and snap no, it up. No, it doesn't feel like No, no, no. It in feels fact, like it's really digging in digging in deeper to to the original And I'd feeling. lost my interest in X-Men after that third X-Men movie. Because I do think that third X-Men movie, they went 
they went they made it comical with like that Vinnie Jones character they made it kind of over, really super over the top um, I know it's a superhero movie and it's yeah. probably so, but for me it didn't feel like the other two movies it just felt like this grand spectacle where they were trying to do everything and throw it all in and I didn't like it at all I, I remember watching it and thinking oh my god really like like Spider-Man 3 yeah. it was like uh, I don't or Godfather 3 <laughs> I don't want to associate that with my series, and you know, yes. Like if we went to watch the X Men movies, I'd probably leave that last. What one do you up. think goes wrong? I mean, truly, mm, I don't know. Is it like they get, they get carried away? Like we have to top the last one visually. Top or? the last one, and yet, and you know my philosophy: all this is just for money. So by the third one, somebody somewhere is pinching pennies and going, saying, "Look." We made X amount on the last one. We spent this much. We want to make this much more. And you're going to spend this much less. And, and like you said, we got the... Do you get new people in there who are just full of shit? Is it also down to, like, you know, you've got these big stars at this point who want more money also, like, to be in it. You know, like, you know, all the big stars who were in those movies, Halle Berry, etc. So what are you saying? The money doesn't go into the, the movie? The money doesn't stretch as far, like, anymore. And, like, they're saying, oh, we still only have... But then again, the story was kind of crap, and the whole thing, I think... I mean, they built it up to this epic thing, and then this epic thing didn't happen. Oh, it was, not... it was so... What's the word? Uh, closed up. Like, you didn't feel like it was... It was like... It was like... It's a global thing. It was like they were stood on one bridge. Yes, exactly. In exactly. one city. And there was, was no danger like anywhere little, else. To me, when I'm visualizing it in my head, it was like a little puppet show. Like it was in this little set, like da 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 da, da and things flying around. It didn't feel and, global. No. And even, you know, people hate that new, the new Superman film, the one that I really love, Superman Returns, which was by Brian Singer, interestingly enough, who also did the X Men. Um, that felt global to me. Yeah, it was. And it was just Superman, but they made it feel global. This X Men absolutely feels global. The most out of any of them. I agree. I've, you know, and I really like the period. The period's really fun. Like, is that I mean, shoved in your face? No, but it's but it's, it's fun costumes and. I told you, if I was skinny, I'd dress like that one chick. I don't. What's her name? Emma Frost. The diamond lady who Emma turns Frost. into diamonds. The way she dresses with the super tight leathery. And she Interestingly enough, awesome clothes. In the other X Men trilogy, Emma Frost is introduced as a child in the second one. She's a child in the. In this one, she's grown. You know, I, I did. I was like, well, that, is that supposed to be Emma Frost? And oh, there's, there's some weird. Because she is introduced. I think it's X Men Two in the other trilogy. Uh, in as, the movies. Yeah, in the movies, as a child. They bring her in, Emma Frost. She's uh, in the orphanage, well, the oh, school for school for mutants. Yeah, they bring her in. Emma, they say she's Emma Frost. She's a young kid. In this one, she's a sexy... Yeah, but did they call her Emma Frost in yes, this one? Yes, they called her Emma Frost in this one, yeah. You would think they wouldn't make a mistake like that. Or not a mistake, but you know. Well, I looked into this. Good. And they did make a mistake, oh. but on purpose. They, they just wanted her to be grown. Matthew Vaughn's saying that this X-Men First Class, while it's a prequel to those other movies, and they have give them nods in it. It's also a reboot in a way. Like he... He's, yeah, can we he, not call it that? Well, that's what he... I'm saying what he said. Uh. So he switched... He's... If there are things that don't gel, he is totally aware of it. But he wants you to... If there's more X-Men films after this, he wants you to go off this one as the law. How about in the comics? Um, the comics and the movies are separate entities, he said. They've, they've dipped into... Oh, I thought you said the, this movie was more No, fun. they only dipped into set different stories. I mean, the X-Men comics have been going on for, what, 50 years, 60 years? 
Right, but this is the origin of it, right? It, it is, but it's not exactly. Okay. It's still... I mean, they never are. Uh, even Spider-Man is not, you know? But um, he wants to say he restarted it. So there are things that don't fit. He also wanted to say in that interview I just read with him that he disregards uh, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, completely. <laughs> so that isn't even figured into this. Because uh, he's, a good fr- he's good friends with Brian Singer, but he doesn't agree with that third movie either. Which is interesting, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's, I can't even recommend it highly enough. We don't want to I, talk too much about it because we talked a long time last week about Scarface. If you want to know about the X-Men's origin, as far as the movies go, this is it. I mean, it's fantastic. You get to see, you know, Xavier and as, not children, as um, young really men. there. I mean, you did see Magneto them as young boys. Yeah, you do get to see them yeah. as children, actually. Uh, briefly. But you get to see them as young men. Cra- and Mystique. You get to see the start of the university for uh, mutants. Yeah. Why um, they have their different views on things. You get to see about the start of man not accepting mutants and mutants having to stay, you know, like, like Stan Lee's... It's almost like a metaphor for racial mm-hmm. tension or whatever. You know, um, people just can't accept people who are different. You get to see the start of that. And you also get... Mystique's character also has this story... You know, you get to understand her a lot. I like. felt like it was actually more her story. A lot of it to me. I mean, they touched on... Like, if they were telling you anything... You know, about that, about being a mutant, how bad... Well, they also touched on, you know, when they were all in that room. Yeah. And, you know, it showed you how normal people kind yeah. of react to them. Like a race, like a racist, you know, saying some nasty Absolutely. shit. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, they cover it, but they cover it more from Mystique's angle. And she's... There's less Mystique about Mystique at the end of this movie. <laughs> I would put it out, you know, because you really get to know her. Yeah, yeah. Um... And you also get to understand uh, Professor X's whole... Both of them. Magneto and... I mean, that's what it is. To me, it's those three. Their stories. Their or their origin story. Whereas the others are peripheral, really. You know. There's also another continuity error that they mentioned. That I don't remember because I've not seen X-Men for a while. Is apparently, in one of the X-Men films, there's a flashback to Professor X before he was in a wheelchair. And he was older than he is in this oh, movie right. when he's in a wheelchair. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. There's just things like that. So don't go in here trying to pick it apart. No. Because you probably would be able to. But... Just start over. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to mention the score that they've devised for this movie. You know, it's a real superhero. It, going back to, like, Superman or Star Wars, it, it reminds me of that. You. It's yeah. a really bombastic kind of, like, trumpets and... And it, it, like Superman, it wells up at the right moments. Yeah. You, it's also played back in different variations. There's a, a mellow version of it, and there's a really action version of it, and there's even like a, a techno version of it near the end, all with a similar theme. But you know it's coming, and you know what it is, and it identifies you know the, what's going on on the screen with the music. I like that. I think they don't do it a lot. You know, I can, you can't say like. Um, Oh yeah, do you remember the theme from the Incredible Hulk movie? Because it's like not... We know the theme from the Incredible Hulk. TV show. <laughs> but yeah. from the movie, you, you know, it's not 
I don't recall it. Like, but this I recall. It's like Inception or something like that, where I can feel the music. Yeah, I know. I won't. I won't. If you played it for me right now and pick, made me pick from three different scores, I think I if I played Superman and Star Wars to you, you. Well, Superman, Star Wars, yeah. I mean, gee, many Christmas. Yeah, but I mean this. Yeah. This one, no, wouldn't stand out to me. But really you stood out focus on music a lot more than I do. I, I it was the. It's available on Sony Classical Records because it's the entire classical score. It's not um, no singing or anything like that. It's just a classical music score like Inception. I want to listen to it. It's that kind of... It's on the DVD. You can it is actually it on the Blu-ray. Yeah, it is on the Blu-ray, which is an interesting uh, addition. That's because the music's so good, they decided to isolate it. So, moving on to the cast, we've got James McAvoy as Charles Xavier, and we saw James good. McAvoy in Wanted... Um, I really like Wanted. I know it's really crass and everything, but I do like <laughs> that movie. And I liked him in that, too. Um, he's great as Charles Xavier. Yep, yep. At first Imagine I was, having to be the pre-Jean-Luc yeah, Picard. Exactly. I mean, to that. know that that's who you're going to be. Like. Yeah, and the man- sometimes doing a little mannerism or, a, or maybe it's just the stuffiness. They of make the some British. jokes about him having to be bald. Yeah, yeah. Which is real- <laughs> there are some awesome nods to sure. the other movies in here, so they do acknowledge it. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, and they, they reserve the one fuck in the entire movie because it's a PG-13 <laughs> and you can right. say fuck once. And it's said in... I won't say, but it's perfect. No, no, no. It's yeah, perfect, yeah. isn't it, when it's said... I, I actually laughed at it because it was like... I know the history of that character and that possibly won't be in this, but yeah, that's yeah. perfect, isn't it? Perfect way of doing it. And not having... Not him, but like from behind or something. Oh, yeah, it's actually... Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Uh, Michael Fassbender, who we last saw... In um, Inglorious Bastards, um, and we also saw. Uh, I've got a recommendation of him. This I, I he's fast becoming one of my favorite. Oh, actors. totally, absolutely. Yeah. He's in, so you know. And you said you just, feel tension. I'm just from like him. this. Oh yeah, he makes me feel tension. Feel like tension him. in you know the tension that you felt from him in Inglorious Bastards. There's a scene in this that's very similar tension-wise, where he's in that German bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It felt like that's the, exactly. Yeah, I was like, like, I know oh, what he's shit. capable of. And I of said, I feel tension. <laughs> I feel yeah. tension right now. Something bad's gonna happen. So he plays Magneto. He has a great command to me of of exactly what's. And it's that classic. He has to have revenge. Tale. Yeah, Here's not everybody Magneto. can pull off the uh, Magneto helmet, but he and Kevin both do a fine job. Bacon and him both. It's it's slightly funny sometimes, it is. and Kevin Bacon makes a joke about it, which is hilarious. <laughs> yes, but I've got to take this stupid thing off. Yeah, but yeah. it's part of. But it. you do look at it sometimes and think, "Oh my god, that hat's." A bit and funny. I didn't know the reason for it. Now I do. I didn't even realize the reason right. for it. See, so, yeah, so you do find yeah. out why the helmet yeah. is important. Um, makes sense. It does. Uh, Kevin Bacon plays Sebastian Shaw. He's did a great re- job. Yeah, and I didn't realize Kevin Bacon was in this, but I was watching Howard Stern the other day, and Kevin Bacon was on, and he said, "Well, I'm in this new movie, X Men: First Class," and and I was like, "Oh, is it just like a walk on part?" You know, and and he's like, "No, I'm like the buddy," and he's like, "Wow, really?" <laughs> like I didn't realize and he spoke you were German. In he spoke Russian. He was intimidating. He was creepy. He was trying to be suave. Yeah. I felt like the opening this scene part when was like, my favorite scene. And his power is unbelievable, really, obviously. But, I mean, it's really... Yeah, yeah. And he really does the... When he shows up and does some bad stuff in the middle of the movie, which is really horrible... Well, the bad stuff in the beginning. Yeah, but that <laughs> that part where I'm saying... Like, where it's very bad. It's, it's like when you see him walking in with that silly helmet on, as you say. Which is actually... Um, it's not silly. 
You kind of get over scary it. Sometimes. Yeah, it's a little bit scary. But uh, yeah, he he st- makes you stand on end because you know what it, what's going to happen when he turns up. Because he has no no holds bar. Um, we got Rose Byrne as uh, Mara Mataggart. Um, she we saw her last in Insidious a couple of couple of months ago. She's really good in this. Yeah, I've never been a massive fan of her, but in this, I, yeah, really I like her. her. Um, you'll know who she is when you see her. Uh, if you've seen Insidious, that is. Um, Jason Fleming, which is the fantastic one. I knew Jason Fleming was in this. You didn't. Who is he? He's lock, stock, and smoking barrels. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was also in Hannah, the last thing we saw him in. He was in Hannah. He was the father of the young girl in the camper. The ma- oh, right? yes, yes, yes. Um, that's where we last saw him. But yeah, he's in this, but you wouldn't know. No, even... Because the makeup he, is nuts. Even when you look at him, he's, he plays... He uh, plays Mr. Hyde also in uh, League of Extraordinary League Gentlemen. League of Extraordinary... I need to put that on my recommendations. I'll just add that right now. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, to me, is one of the best non-superhero, but... It is a superhero movie. They're not superheroes. No, they're not. They're just people. But they have things they can do. And it's, a, it's, I mean, a, it's, it's an awesome movie. It's cl- a bunch of classic characters. Special effects there. are very timed. I mean, very of the times. So don't judge it on that. There's some shaky stuff. But in terms of the scope, it's got. it also goes across the globe. And it's in his everything. But Jason what you're saying Fleming. about him, I had no clue. Even now, it's hard for me to believe that was him. I only knew because I'd wrote... Down and I, I wrote Jason Fleming's name a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh, Jason Fleming in a Matthew Vaughn movie." Is, I, I can understand that, but when I saw Why? him, because he's um, uh, Matthew Vaughn was uh, uh, Guy Ritchie's producer, okay. uh, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels, all of those throughout everything. Layer Cake, um, which was Matthew Vaughn's film, they've got close ties together, all those dudes. But when I saw him in this and then I looked at the name and then I heard the name mentioned in the movie I was like holy shit that's really him like I can't see anything absolutely not and in fact if you didn't tell anyone ever he would have to tell you like if he goes on Jay Leno or something he'd be like trust me it's me watch the extras when you watch the extras and you see him partially done up and then fully done up yes you can see it slightly I still can't when you you close it close I mean obviously because you put a close up of his face He's solid red, and he's all scarred up, and he's got a big mane of black hair, and that Because Jason awesome. Fleming's a very distinctive-looking guy, so you, you can't mistake him if he's not got makeup on. But in this, like... He doesn't ever say anything in this one. Neither does the Storm no, he guy. Doesn't. No, he doesn't. This powerful character... His ability is kind of beyond the others, in my mind, where he can disappear and appear somewhere else. January Jones plays Emma Frost, um... I like her a yeah, lot. Yeah, she's been in, like, I look January Jones up. She's in Mad Men. But she's in all, like, everything X-Men. Cartoons, um, voices in video games. Really? Yeah, she's literally, X. her whole career is X-Men. Not just movies, though. Like, comic book. Um, she wasn't in the others. Uh, she was in one of them, apparently. Uh, but she's been the voice of a video game. She's been as Emma Frost yeah, and lots good. of stuff. Uh, yeah, she was. Um, she seems to really fit that. Cuts it. the hole in the glass and then pokes it. Yeah, through. I mean, there's a lot of cool scenes with her. Obviously, yeah, cool. Uh, she has a cool <laughs> power. <laughs> um, cool January. And I put down. There's a lot of people in this. These are my favorite ones. Jennifer Lawrence plays Raven slash Mystique. Yeah, yeah. The important Fantastic. thing about Jennifer Lawrence, and I, I'm so excited about this casting choice now because I loved her in this. Right, she's going to be Katniss in the Hunger Games, oh, the wow. heroine of. I love the Hunger Games books. And I've got my vision of Katniss in my head, right? And she's perfect. Like, she is it. So I'm so excited. You know, when they first announced it, and they were like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence is Katniss. So I was like, I don't really know Jennifer Lawrence. After seeing this, 
Um, she was really good. Yeah. She, I, I mean, Mystique, I think, is my favorite X-Men person, X-person, because her story is similar to Rogue, where her thing, well, Rogue not so much because you can't see her thing, but with Mystique, it's a, it's a, it's a, tor- it's a mental, emotional torment to be so different mm-hmm. and feel the need to hide and not hide and be yourself and don't be yourself, which is very female, you know, oriented, your looks and how you are accepted by society for your beauty or whatever. And I think I identify with her story. Plus, she just does a... Her way about her, this act... I mean, she just does it, to me, really perfectly. She's got youthful, because she's a teenager, and then she can be really serious and, like, I don't know, like, kind of jaded because she's had a hard time and... That's why I'm super excited to see her in the Hunger Games, because I... I feel that she can completely pull it off. And there's, you, you don't even know the story of the Hunger Games. There's a lot of stuff that's hard, difficult, in my opinion, for an actress. So I think she could do it, you know. And when I first saw her... Someone else must think she can too. Exactly. Did you call him up or something? Say, hey, look. Okay. She's the girl. Well, today was the my watching her and going, okay, I can totally see it. Because like, she's very good. Like, I mean, she's not... One of these teen act- actresses no, no. Where, you, where you're just like, you know... She's not pouty. Trying She's to be not cool poppy. No, no, that. No. So, yeah, really good. Um, directed by Matthew Vaughn, as I said earlier. He also directed Layer Cake, which is a underestimated movie, in my opinion. Very yeah. good movie. Um, James Bond before he was James Bond, right? Um, he also directed Stardust, which is also an awesome movie. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Yeah. It's like a... Lots of variety in this, guys. Repertoire. Yeah, and, and the last movie he did was Kick-Ass. So, right. yeah, he does do very, very... Because they're very varied. I mean, yeah, Kick-Ass is a superhero-ish movie. But very different. Very different to this. I mean, very adult-oriented, whereas this is, you know, mainstream. Family-friendly. Family Minus um, the F word. He's a great director, though. I mean, there's definitely a style to him. And what he did in this movie was fantastic, I think. You think there's a style there? Yeah, I really do. He did a lot of um, fancy stuff in this movie. Yeah, yeah but it doesn't, it's not distinctive to a person to me. It's it is to like me. A... If you watch Layer Cake or watch Kick-Ass, there's a lot of the similar things going on. There's another one of his favourites, Mark Strong, but he didn't appear here, did he? Mm-hmm. The baddie in Kick-Ass didn't, didn't appear here. Uh, I would have thought he'd have cropped up somewhere, but he didn't. Um, so I, they don't just carry people around in their bag with them whenever they go to a new project. So yeah, I really um, I I like his style and and Stardust. What's he doing next? I do not know. Kickass two, <laughs> Kickass two is under productions. So I don't know if he's directing it, but I really enjoyed Kickass as well. Did you like that one? I did. Yeah, it was it was really fun. I mean, fun but very violent. Fun and right. troubling. Yeah, but great. Um, so Blu-ray extras here. Quite a bit. Yeah, it's actually pretty decent. It comes with a slip cover, interestingly enough, that is not exactly like the cover art, which I do like. Well, that's not exactly correct. The front and the back of the box cover, if you take them apart and stick them together, they do make the cover of the DVD. So, Right, so, um, first thing... There's that code for the comics. Keep that out so we'll exactly. remember. First thing, there's um, you get two discs, digital copy and Blu-ray disc. Um there's a code for a digital copy, and there's a code for 10 free X-Men Marvel digital comics, including an exclusive never-before-seen X-Men backstory comic. See, these are really old ones. That's the origin of uh, Banshee. Oh, nice. I liked Banshee The original Banshee story. The original Xavier story. 
the original Wolverine story. A uh, beast story, sorry. I wonder what it's like to be a person who cannot abide by any of this sort of fantasy kind of stuff. You know, there are people who, when you give them fiction or fantasy yeah, or super, they, they just, they're just like, oh, what a lot of bullshit. <laughs> like, absolutely can't, can't, um, enjoy it for what it is or yeah we all know there's reality that's uh that's how we live right every day we have to clean the toilet yeah, so when we sit down for two hours to yeah watch like how fight. can you not let your mind i mean it doesn't mean just because i'm watching a superhero movie that i'm sitting here longing and wishing that i had superpowers it's a nice dream to dream but it doesn't like but there are some people i think if they sit down and sort of try to soak it up they can't let their minds go there, and it's such a, you know, I don't not not an escape. Oh, it is an escape, but I mean, it's just fun. Yeah, it is fun, and it's always applicable to real life. Obviously, Stanley had a you know? had a very knack of doing that, applying like you said, you associate with Mystique's story. Mm-hmm. He had a very good way of make making. St- Lots of different characters and something that everybody will yeah, like. Yeah, like a stereotypical thing or an issue that a person might exactly. deal with as an and as an outcast or as someone separate, and then how to like function. Stanley understands we're not all perfect. We all have insecurities, and the, all the characters reflect that. All of them, everything he's done. I mean, nobody's like Mister. And we all have got troubled pasts to a degree. Xavier didn't seem to have much of a troubled past, but. <laughs> Not that no. we know of. Uh, obviously, he was very wealthy, but everyone's tormented and It doesn't tortured. mean he didn't... He could have had a absent... The father was absent. Yeah. Because he had a stepfather, so who knows. So but. it might have been shitty. Um, so, extras. Lots of them, right? Um, it says over two hours of features, but I'm thinking it might actually be more. Like, if you... If you rewatch the movie with the one features, the picture-in-picture, picture, definitely. Right, so there's some... The first thing is the Ceru- Cerebo Mutant Tracker, which we looked at, which is... Actually, really fun. It's like, um, there's a scene in the movie where you, if you don't know what Cerebro is, it's it's a... Cerebro. Yeah, like, um... Xavier puts it on his head, and then his power to be able to to mentally connect with people, or telepathy, um, is uh, magnified to the whole world. And in there, he can visualize... Mutants. Mutants, and pick them out, and then, like... Zoom in fact, if there. you've seen the other three X-Men movies, it is there. used heavily in there, right? So, you could, in the movie, there's a scene where he puts it on his head and sees all the... Well, you, you actually see this scene with all the mutants, and you can stop on each mutant and see a back... And it looked like there was about 16 or 20, because there was a whole bunch on... So you get a backstory for each of these mutants that you stop it on. And it actually saves where you're up to. Here's my question, because we picked Cyclops for some reason. He's our least favorite, yeah, but least you favorite. picked him. Yeah. But what if you pick one... Because it showed scenes from the other movies, and then it had a, a, a screen at the end that told you his... Or, like, what Are you saying is? you pick one that they're not in the other movies? Yeah, if one isn't in the movies, what do you get, maybe? Comic pages and their backstory that way? Uh, I, or are they all from the I'm movies, I'm getting the feeling that they picked, cherry-picked them. There's a lot, the though. Movie. Yeah, there are. Um, so yeah, that is a fun feature. You could probably spend like an hour messing with it. I oh, imagine. easily. Because it was like, I don't know, three or four minutes long. They call it on here the Ultimate X-Men Mutant Database. Search, track, and locate your favorite mutants, and then unlock essential videos and profiles, which is exactly what it is. Um, now there's... This is not an extra. The movie in high definition. That is not an extra. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. They're saying it is an extra. <laughs> the extra is the movie, right? So, um... X marks the spot viewing mode. Now, what this is, is it's a picture-in-picture thing, like we've seen on many Blu-rays. 
But on this one, you can actually watch it full screen and just have a list of the scene, which is perfect. I don't want to... Sometimes I don't want to watch the whole thing, but I do want to see the features. So having to sit through the entire movie yeah. again just to find where the features are is kind of a pain in the ass. This lets you just watch the features, which is perfect. And they're pretty quality features, too. Um, I think that's where the two hours of features come in. Pretty uh, brief, each one individually. There's the Children of the Atom multi-part documentary, which is a three-part documentary um, behind the scenes. It's one of those ones that I like, actually. Lots of talking heads behind the scenes. You actually see, you know, what was, what do we see? What, um, her being made up in makeup. Yeah, that was, was really, really good. Yeah. Um, Seven hours that she had because she is head to toe. It's no CGI. She is absolutely covered with latex and spray paint, and fake um, hair and fake uh, contacts in her eyes. And yet it is her because it's all just painted right on her naked body. It looks really uncomfortable. And his too, the red guy, the Jason guy, and then the Beast guy. We saw his get his makeup on. So yeah, it's one of those behind the scenes in three parts of everything, like the origins, the uh, on the set stuff, and lots of stuff with Matthew Vaughn. There's also deleted and extended scenes. Quite a lot of them. Most of them are just extended scenes, though. So just get a little added to the. But there are some new scenes, and there's one in particular which is in two parts that we watched, which uh, a little too too funny, bit too cheeky for the tone of the movie. I think, yeah, but still fun to see in its own, you know. Um, And then there is composer's isolated score, which I mentioned earlier. So you can flick it to a different audio track, which is just the music. With visuals, you know. Do they have that on the CD thing, so you could put it on your computer and just? No, to it? it's just on the Blu-ray. You have to watch the movie. But it's like you, you know, watch the movie, you know, right? when you see them composing. And oh, you mean the movie runs while the, the music movie runs, plays. but and you just hear all the music with no talking, so you can appreciate the music fully. Why can't you just listen to the music? What do you mean? Why can't you just download it, put it on your computer, and have it on like? That's your... not how it works. It's just a, it's just an extra audio track, like a director's commentary. It's just a, a separate track with the music full volume, no dialogue at all. So if you want to appreciate the music, you can with all with the movie running. It's like you know when they record movie and there's a big orchestra in a room, but they're showing clips of the movie to give them a inspi- mm-hmm. inspiration. It's kind of like that if you watch it that way, I guess. But you're not creating the music. Um, there's a digital copy. And that's it. But even though that doesn't sound like a lot to me, it is actually a lot. There's a lot of stuff. It's a value package. Let's say that. How much? Um, it's two different versions. We've got the Blu-ray and digital copy. There's also a Blu-ray DVD and digital copy. They've started splitting them up like that, Fox. This one's twenty nineteen ninety nine. The other one's probably twenty four ninety nine. Five dollars extra generally for a DVD. Um, I think it's worth it because it's a rare movie that after it had finished. I would like to watch it again. Yeah. It's that kind of movie for me. Or it kind of inspired you to want to watch Wolverine's story. Yeah. Is it made by the same people? Do you yeah. reckon it's the same kind of quality? No. I've not heard great things about it, but I would like that filled in, that section for me, you know? Yes, it was made by the people who made the other three. Movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, not this one. So I would still like to see it. We just never saw it. X- X-Men Wolverine. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. That's what it was called. Um... I was just thinking about the worst origin story ever, and it shouldn't have been. Electra. Oh, God, it was awful. I mean, Electra was an interesting character. I was excited. I liked her in Daredevil. Even those bad guys are interesting. Yes. You know, Poison But what the hell was that movie? It was... It was, like, horrible. It was boring. It was really horrible. Boring. 
Like, and we don't get bored of movies. No, I remember watching it and thinking, is this what it is? Like, she's hiding out and she's in this, like, place and... But that wasn't even the problem. It's just the... All of it was There wasn't much of her... Yeah, the baddies were really interesting. Really interesting. But But they came came real quick. Like, anything, really. It was just... I don't know. And Yeah, and they got defeated quickly. It was kind of... Lame origin story. It was. Really a missed Firstly, opportunity. I didn't care about her at all, really. Super missed opportunity, though, because, I mean, she was an interesting character in Daredevil, and, and at the end of Daredevil, I was kind of like, well, she is interesting. I'd like to know about her, but you don't really. So, um, in conclusion on X-Men First Class, highly recommended by me, uh, didn't know what... I had a sour taste after that last X-Men movie, and now I'm totally back into X-Men. Very nice. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I like beginnings, so I'm not necessarily looking forward to another one because I don't think everything needs to go on and on I and think on. it's a fantastic beginning story. I think we're it. getting a little bit too drummed into this thing of three movies at a time and all that shit. Just sometimes just make a movie and leave it. And then, you know what? Make up some new characters and a whole new story. According to Matthew Vaughn, what I just read was... If they do do another one, they've not confirmed anything. It would be um, Grey, what's she called? Mm. Aaron, no. They they go and they recruit her in the 1980s. So it would be set in the 80s and it would be the story. And the world would be in jeopardy and they would have to save the world. And there's a battle between them and the humans. Uh See, it's like... (laughs) I'm not saying it... It, I'd actually be interested, so... I'm interested after this movie if, if they keep the same... You know, quality. Because this was an expensive movie too. $160 million to make. It wasn't a cheap, you know, movie. I mean, it's it looked like it... The money looked well spent to me. Yeah. Everything was good. The sets, everything. So, um, thanks to Fox... Are you saying if you had $160 million, that's what you'd spend it on? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, thanks to Fox um, and uh, for the Blu-ray. And if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com and you can win something. Next week's Blu-ray review is uh, Bridesmaids unrated version on uh, Blu-ray, of obviously. And movie tagline fun for this week. What is movie tagline fun? Movie tagline fun is you or I, we alternate weeks, pick a tagline from a movie, we say it, and the other person has to guess the movie. If you want to play along... At this time, when he says the tagline, please hit the pause button. And then think about it. Don't look it up. And when you're ready to hear the answer, I'm sure I'll guess it right away. I haven't guessed any yet. You have guessed two of them. I think three. Two? Two. Last week, I was sure you would get it. I thought you guessed one once. I didn't. All right. Oh, yeah, I did. Sure, sure. Are you ready? Okay. You won't believe your eye. Monsters, Inc. Correct! <laughs> How did you know Because one eye. Yes. And when I was looking up my taglines for last week, I made a point to memorize a few. Oh, I'm going to have to start going really <laughs> obscure from now on. Yes. I just picked a bunch of random ones, but I actually just watched Monsters, Inc. about two weeks ago. So. I'm going obscure then from now on. <laughs> has to be stuff I've seen. Oh, good. We have ground rules. I either have to have, we either have to have been very aware of it, Oh, I don't mean of, I don't mean super obscure. I don't mean like like find something that I've watched that I know you haven't. I yeah, mean, nothing like that. It has no, to be no regular movies. It could be iconic. It has to be something I've seen. All right, so I you, got one. Holy so, uh, crap. movie recommendations this week. 
I'm going with one for, from Michael Fassbender and one from... Um, I forget his name. Professor X. <laughs> yeah. So Wanted is the one. What the hell is that guy's name? James McAvoy. It's right there. James McAvoy. Um, <laughs> it's right in front of your face. James McAvoy Wanted, um, which is another comic booky. Well, it is. It was yeah. based on a graphic novel. I love the story of it. Uh, and the other one, which is a Michael Fassbender one, is Eden Lake, which is horrifying. Horrifying, to say the least. <laughs> British movie. Don't uh, don't watch it with the kids. No. Don't watch it with anyone under thirty. It's disturbing. It's and another disturbing. Michael Fassbender movie, awesome, Fish Tank. Oh yeah, uh, disturbing. Yes, but not as bad as Eden Lake. Everything that he's been in, Inglorious Bastards. Everything. <laughs> he's he's been very in. intense. Yeah, he's good. And my recommendations are, and I just wanted to go with something really fun and fluffy, but sort of a, um, co- not coming up, like a, like a, from rags to riches, or from this to that, from low down to um, success story, and Wildcats came to mind with Goldie Hawn. Right. I don't know why, but I've always loved that movie. You know, this down and out yeah. football team in high school, and then she comes along, and then through you know whatever reason, then they sort of overcome. And I just love it. It's like Bad and News fun. Bears as well. The original, original. yeah. I kind of like the Billy Bob one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then my other one is thinking of in a, a more realistic, but still kind of out there. Um, someone who comes from the dredges and kind of rises up is Slumdog Millionaire because it's based in reality and yet there's a few little glitchy weird things going on here and there. And I still can't get the shit really... scene out of my head in that movie. <laughs> it just stays yeah. with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like the other shit scene, shit scene that Danny Boyle did in Trainspotting also stays also, with me. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's obsessed with shit. <laughs> there's actually two shit scenes in, stay- in Trainspotting. Correct. Correct. So, um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> the second, one, second one's hilarious. Oh, God. Yeah, um, it's hilarious in this horrible way. So, um, games and A. Scully stuff, and this is something I didn't talk about last week because we were pushed for time. Um, we're doing all right this week. Um, I bought myself a HP touchpad, which seems like I've had it for several weeks now, which I probably have. But um, So, the story is Hewlett Packard HP. They're making an iPad competitor, or they made an iPad competitor, called the Touchpad. They put it on the market. It was $499. Um, a couple of weeks after it went on the market, two weeks to be precise, they decided they're pulling out of the tablet division. Um, they're not making a tablet anymore. And they're also not supporting the operating system that comes on it called WebOS. So they decided to... Nix uh, the product and put it on what they call a fire sale, which is everything must go. So they put it up for $99. A, a tablet that would have cost you $500 two weeks before was now $99. So I was looking and it looked interesting and I thought for $99 you can't really lose, right? It seemed a cool item. It's 100 bucks. It's not a lot. It's not like $2. Not a lot for what it... I wanted a tablet. I was looking at tablets, and I did, they did look interesting to me, but $500 is a lot for a tablet, I think. Yeah. So I found one, and they'd all sold out everywhere. QVC had them for precisely nine minutes, apparently, and they sold a bunch of them. But um, I found one on eBay, which was marked up a little bit, so I got it for $129. 
Um, and I'm, I can honestly say it's the best $129 I've ever spent. <laughs> ever. I mean, you're, not, you're never going to get any, something of that quality for that price. Ever. How useful is it here? It's absolutely 100% useful. It's, is it as useful as your Nook? I mean, as... It's a different device, because I love, do love reading my Nook when, you know, all my books are on And that was worth the money as well? Yes. That actually cost around How the same. How many gadgets do you have? Oh, that'd be a different podcast. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this HP Touchpad, it's a touchpad. It's very similar to the iPad. It doesn't run the iPad's operating system, but it does everything the iPad does. It You surf the web, you play games. What else Video call. It runs Skype. Because I went away the first week you got you got this when I was away, and the first thing we did was I was on my laptop and I was on my mom's Wi-Fi and you were here on the Wi-Fi with it and you you Skype and it was the picture was perfect the sound was weird because why I had the plastic wrap on leaves the plastic wrapped on to keep your little until I got my case so the sound was really bizarre but I mean it it worked. Fantastically. Yeah, it's fantastic. like, absolutely. You can make calls on it. Like when a Skype call comes in, you can answer it on the pad. You can wait. <laughs> walk around like answering it like this. You can wear like your Bluetooth headset and use it as a phone. Just you know, um, internet, all the chat Could programs. You take photos with it. Do you reckon? Yeah, it takes. What would photos. they look like? I've, Have you taken any? It. They just look like webcam photos. They're not fantastic, right? But they look alright. I mean, it's only got a camera facing you, so you have to. Yeah, I mean, though, if you wanted to. Yes, you can. Yeah. It's got a little app built in for taking photos. It's got. Um, what else has it got? Game, you said? Games, which are really good. Uh, I was very surprised. Need for Speed um, Hot Pursuit is on there, and it's just like the console version. You steer it with the with pad the itself. You use it as a steering wheel. Um, it also has email, all the standard things. Uh, you could watch movies on it. You can yeah, music. Listen to the radio? Didn't it have a radio Yeah, thing internet or radio. Everything oh, I thought it had a radio radio. No, it actually is internet radio. Oh, okay. It's got a GPS built in so it knows where you are. That's awesome. It's got Bing maps and you can plot routes and it knows where you are at all times. That is awesome. It is. It's got a lot of stuff in it. And if, they, if people don't know what we're talking about, if you've seen commercials where you've got Russell Brand and the ostrich and the or the other one with the boxer where the person's standing there and they've got the touchpad thing over their face... Like their bodies there, and then but they're swiping across their face. I've not seen hand. this commercial, but there's several, all different people. Um, that's the device we're talking right. about. You're probably not going to see that commercial anymore, but yeah, it, it was on a lot, of... right? Yeah, I mean, it was like every commercial break on every channel because. Uh, so. And the interesting thing about this product, because you might be thinking, well, you bought that and now HP don't support it or whatever. No, HP are continuing to support it, interestingly enough. Because they were like, holy shit, everybody loves it. Yeah, so I, I, would, I thought to myself, well, the App Store, there's an App Store where you can buy different apps and games. I was thinking, well, that'll just grind to a halt, right? No, thousands of apps have been added since I've, um, you know, they're added every day. People are adding, people are developing for it. Maybe the concept here is... Produce a really good piece of hardware, sell it for a reasonable price, not five hundred fucking dollars, and then you've made money on that. And now, if people choose to spend two dollars and one dollar and five dollars and six dollars and fifty cents and twenty five cents on stuff after market, is that what you call it? After you've purchased the thing itself, right, yeah. then you're. Why isn't that a brilliant way to go? See, Why have they charged so much for the thing itself? Well, there's lots of communities out there that are like you could go on these communities I'm not saying you should and in fact I'm saying you shouldn't <laughs> and get everything for that for nothing for no dollars right 
Oh, all the games, etc. Right. right, this community is out there, and there's that for everything. Yeah, right? for this in particular, there is right. But then, if you think about this, these developers who are making apps for WebOS, it's a defunct system. It's on cell phones as well. There's actually a lot of cell phones that use that same operating system. So the people who are making stuff for it, if you go and rip them off, they ain't going to make anything else for it. So I see it as like if you pay your dollar. I, I bought the Google um, Reader app. So I, could, right. so I can use Google Reader with the touch interface instead of just going to the web page. It's better. You know, it's built for it. I bought the Google Reader app. It was one ninety nine. It's fair. I'll use it every day. Why rip it off? Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's fair. It's not $20. It's not $30. I think these $1, $2 things are fine. if you When it's your choice and it doesn't impact the usefulness of the thing only so that you can customize it yourself. Yeah, it doesn't, exactly. It's not like every day you... In order to do anything, you have, you have to spend to another dollar, else. another dollar, another dollar. It's just that you've bought the device. It's got a lot of good things built in. And on top of that, if you want to give them more of your money, I'm just sick of this bullshit of them charging more. I don't give a crap what you say about how much they claim it costs to make. I think it's bullshit. Just be reasonable, and then you're going to make more money after the fact. These days, people love going on there and going, oh, yeah, I can do There's that on my PayPal. Like yeah. yeah, I mean, it just makes more sense than to rip everybody off because some executives want to rake in a bunch of cash and then kind of walk away from it. Like, I do think that handheld gaming is going to suffer because of um, tablets and mobile right. phones because there are games on tablets, and mo- as you, I've shown you, Me mm-hmm. for Speed Hot Pursuit. It looks fantastic. It's a full retail game, you know? It, that it's not one. as portable, I guess, if you want to claim that. No, but you can also have that on your phone, right? So right. there's a game that you can play on your phone in the same way. Um, and it's very cheap. That one is $5. It's, it's not $50. It's $5, yeah. right? It's a full racing game. It will last you hours. Um, these people like Nintendo DS and Sony Vita and all this stuff that's coming up, they're going to struggle because, you know, a lot of kids have iPhones and most of the games on them cost 99 cents now. Like, you can go in there and for $10 get 10 games. You can get one game for your DS for $40. There's going to be a trouble there. they got to rethink things, they got to rethink it, yeah, I think so. I think handheld gaming is going to suffer big time because of the app stores. Because people are willing to make a game and sell it for a dollar because they know they'll sell a lot of it. And good ones, not shitty games. I mean, I listen to the CadCast every week, and he they will mention, oh, yeah, I, play, I paid $1 for this game, it's kind of crappy, but I paid $1 for this game, and I've played it for 30 hours. I like, paid a dollar for a game on there. I can't remember what it's called. It's a zombie shooting game, right? It's um, it's pretty mindless. You're a guy. You've got, a, like, a weapon. You can move <laughs> him around, and zombies come, and you wipe out wave after wave. It's mindless, but it's really fun. Like, you get multipliers, you get new weapons. What does it look like? really good it, it looks actually really good it looks it's properly it's not like arcadey it's very good graphics and you spend how much 99 cents right now and i've it, played it for hours literally yeah and you think if if a ten thousand people buy it you've just made a shitload of money like exactly. i mean you know so you know there's something to be said for making these cheap cheaper games and they don't suffer like the need for speed on there i know it's five dollars it looks really good it looks better than any um like sounded really good as well like the sound is the music and or whatever the sound effects are really good like taken straight from the console version so it doesn't suffer in that way you know so you know i think these handheld gaming companies are going to be in trouble 
if they're going to expect forty, fifty dollars for games all the time. Not only that, but two or three hundred dollars just for the stupid little thing to begin with. Yeah, and they've got <laughs> they've got store. This is I've got a three three DS on my desk. It's got a store that you can buy games on it, but the games aren't ninety nine cents. They're yeah. ten dollars, twenty dollars. You know, it's not not cheap. So they need to, people are going to, have to rethink the world. It's just the way it works these days. If I want to sell artwork, if I want to make art and sell it, people aren't interested. Not every. I won't say every single person. Most people aren't interested in buying an original drawing for $500 or $300. No, they will say, well, I'll buy a print, an 8x10 print for $5. But, and I don't have it in my mind to be like, oh, you're, you're, what's the word, like devaluing my artwork by, ugh. No, I'm like, cool, I'll sell it to you for two bucks. I hear that. I'll actually, sell you the file. You can print it out yourself for a dollar. I don't care if you want the image, you know. I actually heard that argument this week about 99 cents cent games on a podcast I was listening to one guy was saying 99 cent games are a bad idea because you now you as a customer only expect to pay 99 cents nothing more because you've had an iPad all your games have cost you 99 cents when you come to look at a masterpiece he was talking about something like Resident Evil 6 that takes them 5 years to make it's on your 360 when when they're asking you for $60 for it you're kind of like I'm not paying sixty dollars for that. I can buy three more games or five more games on my iPad. Sixty. Yeah. <laughs> and he was saying it was going to kind of ruin AAA gaming. Like, like if you if you applied that to the movie business, we wouldn't get movies like X Men First Class anymore because that's not true. Because we spend the same amount of money on every movie. I, I know, but I, I heard the argument. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he, yeah, movies is a is a fun. Movies don't have a value as no. such because we could watch. My favourite movie ever, Magnolia. It means a lot. It's like a life-affirming, all that stuff. And I can buy that on Blu-ray, and it costs me ten bucks, you can probably get it for. And then I can buy X-Men, which is just a fun... And eventually it'll be ten bucks as well. Yeah, so they don't apply in that way. Does It's not about the art, it's because it's always going to cost this the same. Bring, It's this thing, this mentality that my time and my knowledge and my effort and my my development and all this stuff is so valuable... But, you know, I have to break it to you, people. It's not. I don't care who you are or what you do. You might even be a brain surgeon who saves people's lives. Your knowledge is valuable to me. Obviously, I want you to save my life. But it's not worth $10,000 a so minute. Like, you know, The, the like, medicine that you, as a chemist, developed to cure something or make somebody feel better is not worth what you're charging for it. No. Because it's just... I mean, I understand the end result is that you're you're actually helping and saving people. But it's so not... Why it, it always has to be expensive, right? Yeah, same yeah. with luxury items and entertainment. Like, don't take yourself and your abilities and your skills and the time you put into it. Don't value it so highly. First of all, think about how much enjoyment you're giving people. You're entertaining people. You want to make a living off of it. Maybe a little extra money on top because you're in that kind of industry. That's it. Like, don't try to suck everybody dry. I don't don't get it. Like... Let everybody, like, if games, right, like you're saying, if I can buy 60 games, all different kinds of games, for $60. You could, you could fill your iPad up for $60. Instead of buying one game that is risky, because I may or may not like it, it may take me five hours to finish, and then I'm done. But if I can go the other route and get 60 games that just cover a wide range of entertainment and fun. You also have that feeling of... If I paid ninety nine cents and it's junk, well, it was ninety nine cents. It wasn't sixty dollars. Right, and the developer still gets their ninety nine yeah. cents, and it kind of and if it's not good, obviously you're not going to make a lot of money because 
all that, but I don't... That's the only thing I find missing on the touchpad, actually. They don't let you uh, try demos of anything. Right. So you either buy it or you don't, right? But with them for, being a bo- very for a dollar. <laughs> if I read a description and there's also reviews underneath of people saying, this is great or this is really lame, you kind of make your own idea up there, don't you, you know? So, and I've taken to watching YouTube videos of them, people playing them, to see whether <laughs> I'd like it or not, you know? Excuse me, Because yeah. I can kind of tell. Like, I knew I'd like that zombie game. Because it's like an old arcade game, but right. moderned up. So, um, talking of video games, and this is one I played a couple of weeks ago, and it's Dead Island, which was a eagerly awaited zombie game. Talking of zombies, the one with zombies on an island. Um, you're a holiday. You go to a holiday resort. You have a horrible night of drinking and getting drunk, and you wake up in the morning, and a zombie invasion has happened on this <laughs> island. Um, I've really anticipated this game, but unfortunately. I do not like it Aww. in the slightest. I I don't recall you playing it. I... Well, I've I've played it quite a lot, to be honest. On the PC, I bought the PC version. Um, it's not my type of game. That's the problem. I'm not saying it's a bad game, because there'll be a lot of people who really dig this game. But there's also a game called Fallout. Mm. And there's also a game... Um, well, Fallout is one very specific it's a fantastic game. I've heard it from millions of people. But me, it's just not my style of... It's very slow. It's very... Build up your character. But it you takes like a long things. time to get into it. No, I, I'm more of a... Um, I like something that's straight into the action. <laughs> I, don't, don't, I don't mean I don't like a long story or whatever. Because I like Resident Evil and things like that. But this is like a really slow... Lots of grinding of, to get yourself up. Lots of managing your inventory and... Mixing this with that to oh, make yeah. this. And I don't really dig that kind of stuff. And this is what Dead Island basically is. It's like Fallout with zombies. Um, I just couldn't get... It looks great. I like zombies. I like chopping zombies' arms off and killing them with machetes and things, which is what you do. And it's an open world... It's what you do. It's an open world type of game, like Grand Theft Auto, where you just go anywhere on the island. You can get in a car, you can drive around. You know, you do, There's missions to so do. So why do you keep playing it if it's no fun? I have stopped playing it now. Oh, right. I played it for a week. I gave it a week. Uh, just not into it. You can play it co-op. I played it co-op with a friend for a night. Oh, yeah, you're both looking forward to it. We even decided between us we didn't like it, so we just stopped playing it. So, I'm not saying it's bad, because it is actually... Now, you're saying the slowness you don't like, but this from the man who, with the same friend, uh, in Red Dead Redemption, would spend three hours, the two of you, roaming the desert collecting flowers and just... Because like, I was just... And that was, like, just talking and riding your little horses around and picking up flowers, like, endlessly without any action or anything, so... That was just unique. I, I was <laughs> into that world, too. I right. liked the whole Wild West thing. This... I don't know. I just... It feels a little bit janky around the edges as well, if you know what I'm saying. It's not fully... I mean, it is like a AAA game. Don't get me wrong, but... I, I'm playing the PC version, which... Admittedly, has problems that the console version apparently right. doesn't. Um, but the PC version has been patched and is supposedly up to the same speed as the console so version. So if you like Fallout, you probably like that. Is that what you're saying? Yes. If you like... I was going to say if you like zombies and killing zombies, you'd like it, but I don't think you would. No, because, you love zombies. Because there are other games where it's, it seems more interesting to me. So that's Dead Island. Unfortunately, uh, it's not for me, but maybe it's for you. Um, second game I played is uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine, which I do actually really love. And this is a surprise. It came out of nowhere. 
because I wasn't anticipating this game at all, and I don't follow the Warhammer universe. It's been going for years. It's Games Workshop. It's a tabletop game. Oh yeah, that's been going for years since the eighties. Um, and this is a video. This is their first foray into taking that universe and making it a shooter instead of it being a strategy game. So it's like Gears of War, and what it literally is is a copy of Gears of War in their universe. I'm not saying that lightly because it really is. It's literally Gears of War with Space Marines. Um, so if you like Gears of War, um, you don't necessarily have to like Warhammer because I don't know nothing about Warhammer and I was having a lot of fun with this game. It's third person, big burly Space Marines, big weapons. Um, instead of a, you know, Gears of War's famous thing is a machine gun with a chainsaw on the end. Well, the famous thing in Warhammer is a sword with a chainsaw on it. So, there's another similarity. I'm sure, I think Warhammer might have done it before Gears of War, to be honest. Gears of War might have been inspired by Warhammer. But, I recommend this game. It's fun. It's got a multiplayer component that is like Gears of War again. It's fun. Um, Do your friend get it? Yes. And it's very... I didn't expect it at all. Because I thought it was just going to be some generic, boring game. But it is really good. Um, So, if you also gave it a pass like I was going to do. I think you probably would like... If you like that, if you like Gears of War or any third-person shooter that feels heavy, if you know what I mean, like you're in big heavy armour and you're clumbering around. And uh, this one doesn't have the cover mechanics like Gears of War, getting behind stuff and hiding. You just literally full-on go into... And the enemies are orcs, like in um, Lord of the Rings. They're literally orcs. Like green goblin-type dudes. But they don't send three at you. They send like 50 at you at once and you've got your chainsaw knife and your gun. And, you know, Do they have the white handprint on them and stuff? I love that. They don't, but they're just like typical orcs, what you would imagine. Like old-fashioned looking orcs. Um, and they all have English accents, <laughs> which is really weird. And they all yell, Space Marine! Space Marine! Yeah, all sound like that. Space Marine! Come here, Space Marine! <laughs> yeah, so it's like this English... Um, the lead guy... Um, who you play is voiced by none other than Mark Strong oh right so he has an awesome English voice so his voice acting is really awesome but everybody else sounds terrible and that's not the high point of the game so um, that's Warhammer 40k Space Marine highly recommended the other game I've been playing shitloads of is this all you do is play games yes the other game (laughs) I've been been playing shitloads of and I highly recommend this I did mention it a few weeks ago but I I was in the beta and now it is finally retail and it's Trackmania 2, and you've seen me playing it a lot recently. I play on the Giant Bomb server if you want to play with me, if you get Trackmania 2. I want to play with you. But I don't um, want to play a video game. So I play on Giant Bomb servers. They have a... What it is, basically, it's a racing game. Which is... It's a bananas racing game. It's not just racing round tracks. It's not serious. It's loop the loops. It's... Roller coaster Tycoon with racing? Yeah, you cr- can create tracks... Um, it's very difficult to create a track, but if you're good at that kind of thing, you can make an amazing track. Loop the loops. You know, your car can go 2,000 miles an hour. Holy crap. Um, How do you even control it? It's crazy. There are jumps that, when you jump off a ramp at 2,000 miles an hour, <laughs> the jump might be three miles right, flying right. through the air. So it's insane. It sounds it's, like your dream game, because you love racing. And all the tracks are designed by people. Hence track mania. So if you go on a server that's got a decent rotation of tracks, you might never play the same track twice. It's always different. And when you log on the next day, somebody's uploaded new tracks. So 
quality. Have you ever gotten one like go crappy on? What happens is there's a voting system. So, yes, there are crappy tracks where you can't actually finish them because the person didn't put the corners in right. <laughs> right. Or they try trick you. They'll have you go 2,000 mile an hour down a straight and then they'll put an arrow pointing to the left and then the track goes to the right. Right. So, very soon after people start playing it, there's a voting system in the top corner and you can vote thumbs up or thumbs down on the track. If it gets enough thumbs down, it gets removed from the rotation right. completely. So, shitty tracks don't last long. But well, the really good ones rise to the top because they get good votes and then they come up more, you okay, know. Can they do this? Spiral up? Yep, absolutely. Like, endlessly? There's a lot of that, so you're just drifting constantly, like, yeah, to go yeah. up or down, even. There's, like, bobsleigh, like, ski runs where it goes down and then just jumps at what the was end. was the one where you were bird's eye view? Yeah, there was... The, you can also force people to play with different camera views. Mm-hmm. So this was, like, uh, Hot Wheels, like, from above. Yeah. It was weird. Really hard to control. So, um, Trackmania 2, it's um, only available in one place at the moment, and that's uh, trackmania.com. Um, they're selling it on their site. Now, I got it pretty cheap because I was in the beta. I think I got it for like 10, 10 bucks. But if you're buying this final retail now, which actually includes a single-player portion too, there's a bunch of tracks that they made, which are really professional tracks that you can play and get medals on. To practice before you unleash yourself yeah. on the world. <laughs> but where it's at is the online. And what's hilarious, I was saying to you this afternoon, is when you make a track, you can associate a piece of music with the track. So anybody who's playing that track listens to that piece of music. It's hilarious what music gets put in there. And today I was like, what is this song? It's... And it turned out the song was Frank Stallone from Over the Top, the movie Over the Top. <laughs> and you but loved it. <laughs> yeah, but he was like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, you know, like I'd never listened to this song, but somebody put this song in this track. And there were some people saying, I hate this track because of this song. Some people were saying, this is the best thing ever. Listen to this song. Hey, yeah. fellas, there's a little thing called a volume knob. Correct. Turn it down. So people insert this music and it's just funny because you don't know what you're going to get next. It can be anything. It can be Lady Gaga. It can be classical music. Can I make music. a track so that it's like all slow motion all the time? So you just... Uh, yes, it probably wouldn't last long. <laughs> there, there are... The, this track's based... I've played tracks also where people, like say they love Mario Kart. They've... Mm. They've completely made one of the tracks from Mario Kart, but in Trackmania. So there's a lot of that going on. You can also make your own skins for your cars, so all the cars look different. I've seen the General Lee, I've seen Knight Rider, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, highly recommended. Twenty four ninety nine it is, and it's from Trackmania.com. It's actually for a game that I think will live forever, because the community will always make stuff. No. Well, until Trackmania 3 comes out. Nothing lives forever. Funnily enough, I still own Trackmania 1, and I can log on to that. And there's still billions of tracks being made. But do you? Yes. I, I did a couple of weeks ago. Cause just I have because it, you're waiting for this one. Because I have it in my Steam account, and it's one of those ones that I just pick up and play every every. But is this one better? Uh, graphically, yes. Gameplay, very similar. Um, they've changed the handling slightly. You can now drift around corners. You couldn't in the old one. So the drifting really changes it quite a bit, actually. You like drifting. Um, and that's it for games. Uh, but this week is the probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest for me, because Call of Duty in November is the biggest. But the second biggest game week of the year, and it's Gears of War 3 on Tuesday. Um, the finale to the Gears of War series. I can't wait to find out what happens. I've not had it spoiled for me. Obviously, people are spoiling it already. Yeah. I've kept away from all that. I love the story to Gears of War. I'm... Excited to see where it goes. So don't go on track man, tra- trick mania, track mania, just intentionally to ruin Gears of War. Yeah, exactly. 
In fact, it comes out on Tuesday, Gears of War. Uh, I will get it on Tuesday. I will... Um, Just stay off the internet till then. I will stay away from Gears of War news until I've finished <laughs> it. Um, I can't wait. It's, you know, I, I've loved Gears of War since the very beginning. In fact, I remember the original Gears of War. We drove all the way to Columbia to try and get it a day early. Do you remember? No. And we actually got it a day early. I don't remember that. We phoned Columbia's uh, GameStop. Oh, right, yeah. And they'd got theirs in early or something, and they said they would sell it at 5 o'clock. And we don't know why, because they don't usually do that. We went down there and stood in a line and got it at 5 o'clock, which is kind of odd. Because nowadays that would not happen. They would never sell it a day before, but then they did for some reason. So, but anyway, I've already... Did we get Indian food? That I would remember. Correct. Probably we did. So that's all my stuff for this week. Um, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? Thanks for asking, A. Scully. Tonight will be your favorite. Heinz baked beans with Morningstar sausage links. Oh, I love that. They're not actually sausage. No, they're vegetarian sausages. Vegetarian sausages. sausages. Yes. And in addition to that, we'll be having potato and leek soup. Which the is Campbell's boxed soup. We haven't tried it. I've never had it. I've had not it. Not this brand. I've but probably had Campbell's. Really? No, I've probably had Heinz, actually. Heinz. Right. And we will also have some potato. Yesterday we had some mashed oh, yeah. potatoes and we had some green beans. And I've smushed that all together. Patties. I'm going to make some fried potato veggie patties. Those really. sound good. And I was going to do the sweet potato crispy things. We don't need them with the other stuff we no, got. The beans and the sausage. And so that's what's for dinner. What else and I got? don't have anything else. You do. I see several things though. I didn't play that. That was from last week. But you never said it. Right. Well, uh, again, um, after my class reunion, which I think I've already talked about, if I'm not mistaken, did I talk about it? No, because last week. Right. You I had a class reunion, 25th class reunion. Um, it's a little too bold to say I organized it because I didn't really have much to organize. But I, myself and this other woman are the ones who kind of hold it together every time, you know, through the years. She and I are the ones that contact people and make the arrangements and pay for the venue, if you call it that, and all that kind of stuff. And um, it was awesome. I went, it was on a Saturday. I went on a Wednesday, because it's two hours away, three hours away, back to my hometown. Takes you that long to get there. Takes you two and a half hours to get there. So you left on Wednesday to get there. <laughs> yes. I'm going pretty Three slow. days to get there. <laughs> no. I just decided. I took the week off work. I had another family union and another get-together to go to. I'm just going to use the whole week to just do whatever I want. No offense. But husband-free. Just roam around. Stay. And I, I ended up staying at a different place every night. One friend's one night. My mom's one night. Another friend. And then another friend unexpectedly on the reunion night. And... Just, it was fantastic. It was like a vacation, but I actually just went back to my hometown. The reunion itself was very basic. The morning was playing golf, which I did not partake. Um, and this is a funny thing, that it shows you that people who've known you pretty much your whole life. I moved to this town when I was in sixth grade, so people got to know me after that. Um, but when I pulled up, there was a small group. There were like three men who had been in my class, and then like their women, their wives, or their girlfriends were their women. Like their they women. own them. Yeah. Their women. Their ladies were with them. And I pulled up and I waved, and then I proceeded to take things into the golf club where we were going to have the, uh, you know, our little dinner and stuff. And I waved. They're like, I said, you know. So I go in, and I, first thing I did was went into the bathroom. And when I came out, two of the women were standing there, a wife and a girlfriend. And they're like, um, we told them, shouldn't you go help her? And they're like, nah, that's it. If she wants help, she'll ask for it. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. they know. 
just like you know. So it's a funny thing to have these people who I don't know. Yeah, some have... people would probably say, if they came in our house and watched what was going on, and you <laughs> went to the store to get a bunch of groceries, <laughs> and then you're kind of struggling to get up the stairs with them all, and um, I'm not helping you. <laughs> like, there's a what reason. an asshole. <laughs> yeah, what an asshole. He doesn't help. But there's no way I can help you. If I ask, do you want any help? Very rare that you will accept the help. I can't snatch it off you because... I'll get pissed off. Yes. So you... Now, the other day... Well, that's another topic. But anyway, that that's kind of a fun little detail. And then we... Uh, they played golf. Um, and what I did was I ordered these cups. And so I wasn't really spending much money on this particular reunion. I ordered... I was real leery, but I found a company online and ordered little stadium cups. You know, like 16-ounce um, that say on them the name of our school, 25th class reunion. You know. And ordered them in the school colors. And I... The women were helping me, and we just put... I got some school color material, like a dollar a yard or something, like two yards of it, and cut it into big squares. We had big, long tables with just folding chairs. You know, it's nothing fancy. And uh, put some of the material in the middles of the tables, put a little pyramid of the cups on each of the middle, and it just looked like you, you've spent hours and hours trying, you know I mean, to go from nothing to, like, a little bit of color. And then I made a slideshow, of course, of all the pictures, a lot of the pictures that I had. I just hooked my, I went, I stopped at Dollar General on the way and bought a $30 DVD player. Because we don't, don't have a... a $30 item from Dollar General. <laughs> yeah. It's not right. Because we don't have just a, I guess we do still have a basic one, but I didn't think of it till I was going. So I bought that, hooked it up to the big screen TV that they had sitting there. And um, burned a DVD real quick and threw it in. And I had music on my laptop, so I had my speakers were there to have some 80s music playing. Two of our teachers came. There, you know, there were the science teachers who I disliked a great deal, but it was really nice as a grown up. You're like, well, obviously they were just teachers, and I didn't really like most of my teachers. And they were so interested in everything. They're married. They were always married to each other, and they're both like science geeky types, you know. And he dresses even now like the man from Falling Down. You know, right. Michael Douglas with Defense. the short sleeves. Yeah, short sleeved, yeah, button up with a tie. Pocket, absolutely. But they're but they were both so interested. Now overall we had about fifteen of our classmates show up with spouses and girlfriend and friends and boyfriends and whatnot. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but our class was only forty eight people. So you're pushing fifty percent there, maybe thirty three percent of our class. And I've heard from people with a thousand people in their classes that not even 100 or 200 people show up because it's, a, you know. So I figure that's pretty good for us, 25 years, you know. But they were so interested in asking us so many questions and they're really impressed with, I've got a little website, just classof86.com, where I've put loads of our pictures and I put, I've scanned the yearbook and I've scanned like little flyers and stuff that were from our senior year and just put it all on there and people can go look at it. And he was just so impressed with that. And that's such a lot of work and it's really nice of you. And they wanted to know what we're all doing. And we had a really nice conversation. The people came in from golfing. I ordered some pizzas with the eight and we drank a few beers and then they decided to go golf some more. And then there were only about 10 of us kind of sitting around and we had an hour to just chat and laugh and kind of pick up stuff. I mean, it was like the perfect, there was nothing pressured. We had no pretense. The One of the funnest things was the night before I stayed at my friend friend's house and two of my other friends stayed and they, at midnight, we were going to Walmart to get food to make and they made dips and cut up a pineapple and soaked it in um, coconut rum, which was, if you want to make like a quick, easy thing to take to an adult-oriented activity, be sure you tell people. 
but just they cut up a fresh pineapples, three of them, pour coconut rum, put it in a Malibu. Pit. What? Malibu. Malibu what? Coconut. Is that, we call that Malibu coconut rum. Oh, I have no idea. That's a brand, isn't it? Oh, I have no idea what like brand they use. white bottle. I don't know what brand they used. It wasn't a white bottle. But um, most rums now you can get in all different flavors. Right. But um, she just soaked it in that overnight. So the next day we just dumped it in a big bowl and you could just scoop it out. And I mean, it tastes all like tropical-y and you gotta be careful. <laughs> you don't want to sit there and eat like well, actually, a big my, bowl of it. My grandma used to, when she made a trifle... Yeah. She used Malibu on the sponge cake in the oh, trifle. Oh, see, so it just tastes so good. But I was a kid eating... <laughs> I mean, not a lot of it. Rum-soaked cake. Yeah. No, that's kind of what it is. So we had that. She made the layer dip with, like, you know... Everything had some meat in it or loads of dairy. And, of course, I don't... I haven't been partaking of that. But I didn't care, though. She made this one really spicy dip. Apparently, it was super spicy with canned chicken and cream cheese and sour cream and hot sauce. And we had loads of, loads of chips and some candies. Like, I think she brought some M&M type of candies or something. But they weren't M&Ms. Every single one had a real different flavor. And they likened them to... Harry Potter candies, but Bertie there were no, Bots. yeah, but there were no gross ones. It was just, you didn't know what you were getting from one after the other. Just the simplest things. We had, of course, the slideshow, which at some point somebody grabbed the remote and decided we're going to stop and look and look and laugh and talk. And um, then I printed out and then later we went to a local restaurant in the town where our grade school was. And because a couple of people who are one year younger than us have owned it, the bar and restaurant to local business they were fellow schoolmates i thought why would we go to a big chain or to the nearby bigger town and spend a couple hundred bucks between us instead we should just go there and what happened was my little cousin my cousin's daughter was waitressing that night and my cousin and her husband were there and we spent like two hours there we actually had to be asked very nicely to move over to the bar because we were all staying and talking there were like 25 of us and one of the funniest things of that <laughs> the dinner was, I was sitting there and I had my reading glasses. Well, you know, we're all 42, 43 years old, and I'm looking at the menu and, you know, again, don't eat much meat. And almost every single thing on the menu is meat-laced. Everything, including the salads. So I'm like, ah, screw it, I'll get some. I'll get the salad bar and some onion rings. That's fine. And a beer. And, um... Read the thing and put my glasses down. The guy next to me, his wife keeps nudging him. She's like, I told you, you should have brought your glasses. And he's like, I know, but I look like an old man. And I said, you want to, you can use mine. He's like, mm, okay. And they're pretty generic. You know, there's nothing girly about them. So he puts them on, tip of his nose, reason in you. A guy across the table's like, uh, can I, can I use those? Because I can't, and like five of us <laughs> share like the same reading glasses. Funny, so, that, funny that people are embarrassed about wearing glasses. It is. And you know what? The thing is, I've had to make a habit of always keeping them in my bag or I won't think of it. And I think that's part of it. They have them at their desk at work. They have them at home next to their chair. And, but they I don't take them around. I guess if you like the glasses wearer like me, yeah. you have no choice. And you obviously for all of us, it was more, you couldn't read close up stuff, you know. So that was fun. And another thing I did, if you ever plan a reunion of any kind, I had loads of pictures from the last reunions that we'd had, and I just printed them out in color on whole sheets of paper, you know, eight and a half by 11, and then I got some three-ring binders and a bunch of the rub- the plastic covers, and I just filled them up with, I cropped a lot, zoomed in and got close-ups, and so they're from 10 years ago and 15 years ago, laid them around on the tables, and then people just sat and would look and talk and... You know, it's the littlest thing. It doesn't have to be elaborate or anything. Just the simplest thing. And overall, fantastic. Huge success. I even asked 
I think I, I think I got everybody and said, do we want to do this again in five years? I mean, it's been 25 years. We've got 15 people. It's always the same core of people who keep showing up unanimously. Absolutely. Of course. You know, we're going to be closer to 50 next time, and we're going to be have grandkids by then. Yeah, absolutely, if you're willing to do it. Because, like, I find it to be a joy to do it and find people. Every- this time I didn't make as huge an effort to find every single person like I did in the past. But I will next time. I'm like, I'm on a mission. We're going to get as many of the whole. Of the- We've got two people who have died. Hopefully they're not coming. They're not going. <laughs> They've not been to uh, any reunions since their passing, no. And, um, well, maybe in spirit. Uh, always in spirit because we always end up talking about them. But um, I think it's a good thing. I know people who say, oh, I would never go to my class reunion. I hated school. Well, guess what? I absolutely despised school. I wouldn't. Ever. I hated I hated it. everybody at school. I hate school. But see, I didn't hate everybody. And I think, I look back and I mean, I was more of an asshole, I think, than most people. I was really bitter and I was real sarcastic and snotty and I was like the fat girl. And back then... I'm not being funny. I'm just saying there wasn't many of us back then. Now you look at a school, it's different. It's just a reality. Back then, it was like one per class. And in a small school, you know, it was different. It was horrible. And I hated it. I hated every class. I hated except for art. I hated being regimented. I hated being made fun of. I hated, I looked like shit. So every time I got a glimpse of myself in a window or something, I was a big fat blob. And if you saw pictures of me... If I haven't already edited them to make myself look better, then you will be like, you know, I was just a big, fat, miserable, sweaty, pimply blob. And I hated it. I hated myself. And it's a that was a bad time. But the thing is, the people who I am fond of, we were all there together. And probably most of them felt like shit about themselves, too. So I think it just, you know... But I didn't go to a big city school like you. And I think a lot of city people have the same thing. I, why would I go and... I don't even know half the people. Because exactly. my class had 2,000 people in it. It's hard for me to identify with that. So then the next day... And I ended up going home with... Because um, Edward was in my class, but he's married to Billy. And Billy has become my friend over the years. And they have a couple of kids and live out in the country. And at the restaurant. And then we end up going to this little bar next door. And then to another bar to kind of close the place down. Where they had karaoke and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. And... They were like, come on, Sid, stay with us, stay with us, stay with us. And, of course, I had had a few beers. I'm like, I'll just go with whoever. I'm just not going to drive anywhere. So I went home with them, stayed all night, got to see their house, meet their kids. After that, then I went to a family reunion, which was at a bowling alley in a little tiny town in Iowa. This bowling alley, I swear to God, it has to be from, like, the 70s with all the same fixtures and fittings and the old-fashioned computer, not a new fancy computer or anything. And I did have computerized screens and stuff but you could tell it was pretty old and I didn't know anybody like I knew zero people um, I knew one guy I guess who's like a uh, second cousin of mine the grandson of one of my grandma's siblings and then I met some others same second cousins and this one little girl I got to meet who's you know people I never knew and it was really nice you know it was carrying food and it was pretty low-key, and I was kind of ready to head home at that point after five days. But, again, nothing fancy. In the bowling alley, had some food, met some people I never knew. I got some more pictures of, like, my grandma and um, my aunt, who I'd never had any pictures of. And um, was it? then I had a long drive home. And in Iowa, the speed limit is 55. 55. 55. It's like torch. I don't even think my foot can go that no, slow. Is- 
Oh my god, it's like I can't get my Even foot in my highway. head. I don't have cruise control. On the highway. Yeah, that's where I was. I don't know about if they have big major highways. Um I was just on kind of a state highway, you know, but um mm. luckily I didn't have far to go, but oh I couldn't I couldn't keep my my speed down. Imagine if you drive a Ferrari in Iowa. <laughs> How torturous that I'm would just going to go out on a limb here and say there's probably not a lot of no, Ferraris in Iowa. <laughs> but yeah, that would Maybe be torturous. Maybe a few. I mean, so that was my reunion weekend and it was... He, I just loved it. I had one whole day where I just roamed around this little town where my mom lived, called Memphis, Missouri, and took loads of pictures downtown and just by myself and kind of hit the... I don't know. It was just really awesome. Anything else? Because we got to no. wrap, got to wrap this up. We're on 90 minutes. No, I'm done. Um, all right. No meaning of life? No, that's it. Make the most of what you got. All right, so thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to remind you about our websites, uh, aschoolie.com and sidtalk.com, which is in process of moving to a new Sidtalk.com is revamped, and I'll have more posts in the future. So come right. check it out, Sid Redesigned, re- new host, new the domain transferred, all that kind of stuff. We're doing that's all behind that. the scenes. But it yeah, is. Sidtalk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K. Uh, and aschoolie.com is the site where you'll find this podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook... Xbox Live, YouTube, Trackmania 2. <laughs> the Zoom Marketplace is another place you can find this podcast. If you've got a Zoom, the RSS. I do. Yeah, or you've got a Windows phone. Uh, there's I another don't. place. Um, iTunes Music Store, if you're the Apple persuasion. And the RSS feed, just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, listen to it on the page, or subscribe in any other form you would like. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SIDTOP because uh, domain, our email is updating the records and all that stuff and our email doesn't work right so now. So now will be the perfect time for you to email me. Yeah, because <laughs> I won't get it. Um, and I wanted... Oh, I wanted, oh, Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Um, I Talk sta- about it next week. I started watching Breaking Bad because I, I knew I would like it, but I just it came on Netflix this week. And I got an alert saying, now it's on instant streaming. I watched the whole of the first season. I'll talk about it more next week. But stay classy, Breaking Bad guy. (laughs) And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 